It's 10 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the Talking Point. So coming up in this hour, um, we're going to be getting into our final conversation for the morning. Just a note to uh, those that sent questions that we didn't get to answer. We will forward those to Brian. And also Nola in Eshoe, I see that um, you're not happy with how uh, your question was answered. So we'll share that with Brian as well. And he'll have the feedback then for us uh, next week when we do the slot again. For the final hour today, we're going to look at one of the recommendations that's been made by the Human Rights Commission, which is proposing um, that in order to prevent a recurrence of the 2021 unrest, they're calling on uh, South Africans to, number one, sign a pledge and take part in a program of social harmony. Now, this program would include people coming together in communities, in the workplace, um, not only fostering discussion, but also trying to get us all to understand each other a little bit better. And of course, all brings up the question of national unity, you know, and how do we uh, ensure that we can become more united as a society? Uh, So we're going to be taking a look at uh, this particular uh, conversation. Reverend Tembelane Jantile will be uh, joining us and Leto Ntoba, who is a social commentator. I'd also love to hear from you. Um, what are some of the ideas that uh, you would have in mind around how we foster unity? Will it help um, if we get together a little bit more in our communities? Um was it Ninja in the open line who was speaking about, uh, you know, he he doesn't know that um, putting together events such as sporting events in communities will necessarily have the kind of impact that the HRC is talking about, you know, and he believes that the work that needs to be done uh, must be a lot more wholesale than that. But um, if you could think about some of the practical steps that you and I can take that don't need government intervention, that don't need government approval, that we can start working together on um, in our communities, in our workplaces, in our spaces. What are those uh, particularly uh, that can lead to greater unity? Because, of course, while the idea of a rainbow nation is certainly not where it used to be, um, I think most people in South Africa would still want to create uh, a, a society Um, in which we can live together harmoniously so. It feels crazy to say it now because I think we have become so polarized, but we do need a harmonious society in order for us to continue progressing and to really reach our full potential. Let let me remind you of the words of the late Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu. We say we are the rainbow people. We are the new people of a new South Africa. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to say our march to freedom is unstoppable. Our march to freedom is unstoppable. Oh man, I I miss the arch, hey? He was just such a formidable figure in our society and his absence is truly felt. Can you imagine how excited he would have been 30 years 
into democracy, he would have been going all over the place to remind us of who we are as a people, what we're capable of um, as a people. Who's going to do that for us now? Hey, who's going to, who's filling those shoes? Who's filling those shoes? Uh, I, I don't think anybody is. They're, they're too big to fill anyway. Let me invite on to the show Leadon Toba, social commentator. Leto, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Reverend uh, Tembel, Tembelani Jantile is a theologian. Uh, Reverend Jantile, good morning. Uh, good morning, Kathy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, look, the question is really how to bring um, South Africa together, how to, how to bring our society together in a way that uh, can deal with some of the eruptions or disturbances and, and, and the issues that we're facing so that they don't culminate in in the kind of instability that we saw uh, in July 2021. What is it going to take to do that? Leto, let me begin with you. Um, I think one is that we, we thought when we were talking about the Rainbow Nation, we think about South Africans being invested in one thing, right, in this part we all call South Africa, forgetting that um, ever since the steps to, to this freedom have been taken, a lot of people have also been left behind and sort of been divested from the system, right? So much so that people are not even interconnected with each other, even with communities that are right next to each other, right? And they have no sympathy for each other. And so those are the people who have the issues that would flare up to a place where, one, you see the kinds of unrest that happened during the riots, but also you get to see how people also feel about each other and their neighbors, right? You saw communities standing up, claiming to go and to protect them, themselves from their own neighbors, willing to go into the streets with a gun, to go and kill your neighbor because you think your neighbor is about to take your TV. And so your, your thinking was that your TV and your possessions are more important than the lives of your neighbor. So we are not invested in each other's lives in a way that's meaningful, that could bring us together as South Africans and to care for each other. We no longer care for, for each other. We care for the danger we assume comes from the other. And so we are becoming more and more separated. And so. The one thing is that South Africans don't even know each other's realities, even if they're a kilometer apart. And the more we get in touch with each other's realities, I think the kinder we will be to each other. We have lost, as South Africans, the, the, the need to be kind to each other. And I think that's the flashpoint of those, of those um, riots in July, was the fact that we are not kind to each other and understanding of each other's circumstances. I wonder, Leto, is it just a feature unique to South Africa? Or is it really just part of where we're seeing the world move to? And and the reason I say that is it was a couple of years ago. Um, there was this fascinating piece that was um, put together in the foreign policy magazine, uh, FP. And, and what they had done is they talked about the impact of globalization. And they looked at all of these major cities, right? So you're talking Johannesburg, Hong Kong, um, uh, New York. And, and part of what they were saying is there is a community of people that are living the same lives. Um, and you can trace their interconnectedness globally through these cities. 
But at the same time, we know that there is a group of people globally who are not part of, 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 of that circle. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly it. But the, I think it's exacerbated in South Africa by our history, right? The fact that we, we can reach over the, the, the sort of like artificial borders to each other because even in South Africa, right, you, you see how the demarcation is, right? It's almost racially demarcated, almost the same way that it was in apartheid. And so the assumption is if I'm in a higher class neighborhood, that the others who are in maybe a lower class neighborhood are there to take from me. I don't feel the pity for those people. I don't play with them. I don't know them. I don't associate with them. And so my only recollection of them is, is as them being the takers and not me being their neighbor who might care for them. And I think in South Africa, it then becomes a problem because rioting is our only way of communicating across barriers. Right? When I'm unheard in my community, all I do is riot towards the government. I, I, I put up a protest. I burn a school. And so that kind of dangerous community action has been the way we, we communicate through the boundaries that have been set um, up between us. And I think that is one of the biggest problems, that we have no way of communicating across boundaries in a civil manner. And I think that is one of the ways we start to build the country, that to communicate with each other with kindness, even across whatever boundaries we have. All right. Thanks for that. Reverend Jantile, your take on this? Well, um, uh, thank you, Katie, and thank you to Leto. Um, you know, fostering unity is... Uh, um, it, it will be very difficult for us in South Africa, um, considering where we come from as a nation. And fostering unity at all costs is really dangerous also. I mean, uh, you've just played uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, Bishop Pipu's um, uh, tape there, and, uh, and I was thinking, you know, what made all those people to speak with one voice? Uh, it's it, it, it's because they had one destiny, and that was freedom, you know, and and that was we want to achieve this thing as a nation and as people, and and therefore they they, they spoke with one voice and they acted, uh, you know, you know, together in in achieving that. But um, fast forward to today, you know, I've 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 watched when the you you have the rugby World Cup, right now we have uh, the soccer. In the um, in Ivory Coast, and 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 somehow as South Africans we seem to be coming together when there is a focal point, when there is something that unites us, and 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 you know and 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 involve us as a nation, something that we can be proud of. But unfortunately, rugby and soccer uh, they they can't be trusted you know, as, 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 as major tools to foster unity in the country. So we, we, we really need to, to cultivate that collective culture as a nation. But um, we have a very, very individualistic uh, nation, uh, a group of people. I mean, we can support uh, a rugby, all of us. Once we close the doors, we start to focus on ourselves. And, and that's where we have to appeal 
to that African spirituality of Ubuntu, which actually is also supported by uh, by the scriptures. Uh, we, you know, the, the Bible will say the human beings are made in the image of God. You know, Christian ethics start there, that you are made in the image of God. What does it mean? It means dignity. Every human being uh, uh, has that uh, in, inherent or, you know, you know, uh, dignity that needs to be respected by by everyone, and once we start to to look at that, that every person is is made in the image of God, and together we we fulfil this image of God. We can start treating each other with all respect, and start treating each other with with love, and uh, and and all that. So so I'm I'm thinking it should uh, really appeal to that African spirituality of Ubuntu. And, and 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 that will help us to to embrace the diversity, you know, to cultivate empathy, mm. and and to have some acts of kindness. Mm. You you know, as you're speaking, Reverend Gentile, I'm I'm thinking about the the issue of common values, right, and and what we look at and define as our common values as as South Africans. And also the extent to which some of those values, including Ubuntu, have been eroded by this materialism, um, this crass materialism, in fact, that seems to have, you know, um, pervaded our our society. And so when Leta talks about somebody being more concerned about killing somebody because they might steal their TV, it's Mm -hmm. that... I, I'm 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 interested in protecting myself and my interests, and it's all about me, 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 me. Um, yeah. and, and and I don't know how we begin to change that psychology, because in a country like South Africa, people have also worked so hard just mm. to mm. to have what they have, and and they're trying the best that they can to to hang on to it. Yeah, you know, it could be. Teaching, it's it's actually very important. I think uh, uh, the, the the July unrest report touches somewhere on that. That as as communities, let's get together and getting together, we are teaching each other. You know, some manners. Remember, we 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 are a a very sick society, and not only you know there are so many things happening around us. We are traumatized. There are so many deaths. Uh, we are surrounded by by poverty. We are we, we are surrounded by so many things that demoralizes, and uh, uh, we, you know we are dead walking. Um, so so if we get together and start to talk, teaching is very important, and and, and teach these values. But secondly, leadership, it's also very important that leaders need to. Uh, uh, to show the way, they should behave in ways that uh, encourages the followers. You know, to to say, you know what, we we, we can see where we are going. Selfless p- people like Abubakar uh, to Nelson Mandela and, and and others have shown us that if a leader uh, gives himself or herself totally to the cause, people will will follow with with, with less questions. Uh, in, in, in fact, but also the issue of parenting in South Africa is lacking behind. 
um, uh, teachers, they say we are just dumping our kids there, kids that uh, do not listen to us, but we expect these kids to listen to teachers and we expect teachers to treat them, uh, you know, well and all that. But um, the same kids, Bosuleti, uh, Neikai, uh, we can't control them. We can't uh, speak speak to them and they listen. And we can't model uh, a way to them, you know. So so uh, teaching leadership and parenting in South Africa, those uh, are the things that we really need to look uh, into, you know, seriously. Uh, Leto, let me come back to you and, and perhaps get your views around uh, some of the ideas that Reverend Gentile has shared. Um, yeah, and I, I would like to latch on to the idea of leadership and and sort of teaching the kids the the sort of morals we want in the in, in our country and in our communities. And I think that idea has sort of gone away, right, with the whole birth of individualism and the nature of this capitalist society we live in. If I if I work in this direction, I'll earn a car and I'll earn a house and I have this and I have that. And so that is what we aspire to. And yet we as a society no longer have a common morality that we aspire to, right? If I, ta- if I ask you about your community, what is the common morality that your community aspires to? Is there um, a common goal to kindness? Is there a common goal to service, to selflessness? Because when we're talking about leaders, I don't think the ANC is leader. I think leaders are in the community in and of itself. There are people who are there who are revered by the community. And we must get those people to the forefront of their calling. You don't need to be a political figure to be a leader. Um, so you, you see the desolation, right? So for instance, because the reverend is here, for instance, when you look at the church, some people are disillusioned by the church because the only time we see the preacher or we see the, the, the reverend is when he comes on Sunday. He's never here for, 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 for the most of the week. There is no more Sunday school. There is no more activity that brings us all to the church in order for us through different means to learn the word of, of, of God, right? Or if you're looking at the leaders in, this, in the community themselves, all of them, we look to the hyper-violent person in the society whose first instinct is to lash out instead of trying to be calm and look to the solutions inside the community. If we're looking for jobs, we want to go out into the streets. We look to the guy who wants to push us to the streets and go and, and revolt against the system instead of working within and trying to enrich ourselves from within each one teach one and then move outward to the world in a positive way and i think those small things being lost lead to an ultimate place of unrest because the unrest does not start at the flashpoint of the of the of the riot it starts at the loss of hope the loss of human um, human compassion and the love for each other and the love of a country. And so what we need to work at is those fundamentals. How do we get to a community and, get, and say to the community, look within yourselves because most of the saviors that you want are here. Because all these communities that lashed out like that are looking for a savior outside of themselves, right? The middle class people who, who wanted the security agencies and whatever, looked for the saviors in the guns and the violence that is wrought on poor people by the government and the police. And when they didn't find satisfaction with that, they themselves became violent. And the, the, the poor people were looking for their savior outside of themselves, that somebody would drop the food that is in the shops onto their laps. And what did they do at the end of it? They went and took the food by force. And so 
all of these things are communities looking for saviors outside of themselves. And I think the leadership is lacking. All right. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. I see a couple of you already uh, reaching out, wanting to have your say. I will go straight to the call to the calls that have been lined up when we continue. It's 11.30. Time for the latest news update. Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Hi, Kathy. Kenny here in Cape Town. Um, I couldn't agree more with the topic. However, my take comes from a different angle. I think we've had ample of opportunities in South Africa to unite the nation. You know, when Mandela took over, when Mandela and the democracy started, we had the Rugby World Cup in 95. You know, that's where the nation was supposed to be united, not only for sports, but for everything else put on the table. That wasn't done. In 96, we had the AFCON that we won here, you know, with Clive Barker. It wasn't done. You know, it wasn't done. So we've had all these events that come in our lives where we were supposed to come together and hold on. But the governing party, ANC in particular, never took that stance. ANC never wanted to unite this country. ANC wanted to be in power and be on par with the, with the whites and have the majority of, of, of the riches and control the riches, but never really improve the lives of our people at large. They improve the lives of those that are close to them and and that's about it. That's my problem with them. Morning, Keith. Morning, Keith. And the guest. You see, these things could have happened with Mandela. The foundation that Mandela put or the good one without leaving anyone behind. The color, the Indians, the white, the blacks. But after Mandela left, this country was hijacked by the criminals. You see, who destroyed everything. South Africa has everything to make this country forward, to make this country powerful than they like other Western countries. But no, this country was rejected by the criminals, the people who are dividing us, this failed politician. And we are very good listening to this, their lives, this, the lives of these failed politicians. Otherwise, South Africa could have very much good if everything, everyone was involved for the building of this country. But these useless politicians are the ones who are driving us away with one another. This is Moses Deben. Morning again, Keith. I'm surprised to hear you saying, Miss the Archbishop. Is it not the media specifically who were quick to be attacking the Arch saying, what rainbow nation are we? Whereas rainbow is made of many colors, isn't it? And for me, I believe rainbow normally comes out at certain times it's not there all the time so when there are clouds like i believe sometimes our we go through as an as a nation why attack the concept because for me that is the most appropriate concept of who we are as a people in south africa they were here thanks good morning Shasketi. speaking to anonymous here from cape town i just want to make a quick comment i i just quickly put on the radio now and i listened to the last part of uh, the late uh, desmond tutu uh, where he said about our march to freedom it's unstoppable but the question that we need to ask ourselves is as south africans is are we really free today 
are we really free? The murder rate is one of the highest in the world. 75 people are getting murdered on a daily basis in South Africa. Our rape cases is, is one of the highest. I think it is the highest in the world. The killing of women is of the highest in the world. Unemployment, struggling with load shedding. Are we really free? And I think all of those questions and comments that um, our listeners have brought up there are are really, really valid because uh, in some instances they become part of the reason why people then don't support this idea of of unity in the country. Tulani, you're in Cape Town. Good morning. And I hope you give me ample time to state all the facts that I want to state. Listen, I want to focus on the matter of equality. You cannot build a solid and unified nation on the back of a traumatized nation whose trauma was never acknowledged, whose trauma was never addressed. There is no equality without justice. That's number one. Two, as a sense of repentance from people who benefited from an unequal society that was meant to serve a few. There is none of that. We have a day of reconciliation as a public holiday in this country. While some people just want to have a bright day because the people that were oppressed should just get over it. It's been 30 years already. They should deal with their agency that is in government. Three, we still have acts that are perpetrated that show us inequality. We have children that are assaulted in public pools, and those things are posted their videos or anything and everything you never hear follow up how that was resolved you know that's just uh, even in in, in violence the, 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 the caller before or the voice of people was talking about violent crime and uh, there's this whole old notion that there is crime in this country but who does the crime happen to when you have police resources that are scarce uh, in Kailicha. Whereas in Seapoint, there's hardly five murders that occur in one year. In Kailicha, how many people die in one weekend? You have to ask yourself that question. That is inequality. And so, you know, nothing will ever be addressed because we have accepted this inequality. We even celebrate when a white person can speak if it is so true. This is something that should be a matter of cause, hello? Because they've been in this country for hundreds of years. We raise our children with English. They even dream and connect with their ancestors in English. And we find nothing abnormal about that. But yet it's something to be congratulated when someone can speak a closer in a country that they've been, they've been born in, their parents were born in, uh, 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 it reflects the, the sense of inequality that right. is there. Okay. You know? Okay. Okay, Tulani, you've made your points quite clear. And this, uh, a lot of the issues you've raised, I think, are issues that many other South Africans often point to when they talk about what is maintaining the division between us. Sebastian in Cape Town, good morning. Good morning. Could I just start off by um, complimenting you on having an extremely pleasant, courteous and helpful producer who answers the phone. Um, Really, my kudos to that gentleman. Uh, It contrasts very... uh, Thank you, Sebastian. His name is Lebo. Thank you for that. Yes, I'm talking about (laughs) Neville. Yes. Yes. 
Um, I mean, I contrast this with uh, a very good experience I've just had with a very negative experience on the Stephen Schroeder's show this morning where I was put on hold for 20 minutes, not flown back, just kept on hold at great expense and then cut off before I could even speak. But that's what not all. So, but I, I compliment Neville again and you for having him as your producer. Um, what I wanted to speak about was the SAHRC um, report saying that there was no uh, evidence that the uh, rioting and the incarceration of Jacob Zuma were cause and effect. Um, the validity of this conclusion is very much dependent on how well the SAHRC does their job and does the investigations. Unfortunately, after 10 years of personal hands-on experience with them, um, at all levels, the Western Cape office, and then when that didn't perform properly after six years with the uh, management, and uh, then and also the commissioners, two separate entities from 2021 to to date, I've had very negative experience, which basically has given them no credibility whatsoever in my eyes, and it was an important issue affecting uh, senior citizens and disabled persons. Um, so I just wanted to say that you can, you know, they can broadcast this conclusion, but the bottom line is how well did and competently did they do the work and the investigation okay. and how independently. Okay. And it's a fair point, Sebastian. Um, you would have heard some commentators are already uh, saying that while this report cannot be taken seriously, at least in terms of its its findings, especially um, the, the fact that it says there's no link between the unrest and the arrest of the former president. Khotso, you're out in Midrand. Good morning. Yes, morning, Kathy, and how are you? Uh, good, thank you, Khotso. Go for it. Uh, good. Look, uh, I also couldn't agree more with your with your, with your, yeah, your, your, your case there. Look, ne? We, we, we talk about the leader who is inspirational. At the current moment, as we are speaking, the ANC does, not does no longer inspire society. The ANC, yes, was the leader of society and the leader of government. But lately, the ANC, it is full of corrupt elements within itself. Those elements are the ones today who are claiming that we are supposed to look upon them to say they are the leaders. It can't be. That is why you see young people, they don't want to see this thing called politics. That's why young people, they don't want to see this thing called go and vote. Vote for what? For corrupt people who will come and loot again. And when they are asked to take responsibility, look, yesterday we were watching the interview where they asked him a clear, straightforward question, your president, again. Instead of answering, he brushed the, 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 the question aside. They said, no, you were part of business in government. You were the leader of business in government. What steps did you take? But instead of taking responsibility, he brushed the question aside. So what kind of a leader is that? That kind of leader can, cannot inspire me. Equally cannot inspire young people because they can see there's no inspiration that can particular person. Yes, you might call yourself a president, but a president for who? Because there's no re inspiration. There's no responsibility, let alone the issue called leadership. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. All right. Thank Khotso. you very much. Thanks. Thanks oh. for that point. Khotso out in Midrand. And, and I think that's probably why in this conversation, hearing Archbishop Desmond Tutu just made me miss him so much more because he was walking inspiration for, for, for this country. Do we have people that inspire us collectively? Mm -hmm. 
um, as a nation, Leto? Um, even if we do, we we don't celebrate them as often and give them the spotlight that they need. Mm. The people who separate us and the points of view that separate us are what is in the forefront now, right? Um, the different degrees of separation, I can tell you, easier than the different degrees of, mm. of cooperation in South Africa. There's, the, the people in the communities who are actually building something, who are, who are making the foundations that we need, who are trying to teach the orphans and feed the orphans and teach them that this world can be loving, those people aren't celebrated. They are not in the forefront. Mm-hmm. The, we, we don't give them the, the confidence that they need to keep going because that's all, all, that's all those people need. They need the, the, the pat on the back and say, keep going, we see your efforts. And then occasionally go and help them along as well because you are part of the community that those orphans are going to grow up in. And the problem is, and if you listen to, to all of the callers, right, like I said, is that we are always now as South Africans, and you know, I think Nelson Mandela, the Archbishop Desmond Tutu, were such great figures in our country, and they were such heroes that they've now taught us to look for them elsewhere. We don't look for the Archbishop Desmond Tutu in our community. We don't look for the Nelson Mandela within ourselves. We are trying to find them outside of ourselves. And so while we are doing that, we are looking past each other. We're looking past each other's potential. We're looking past each other's talents. We're looking past each other's grace. And that is where South Africa breaks down. You are looking for the hero to come and save you. He might be next door, but you're overlooking him. He's hungry right next door to you. All you need is to give him some love, some encouragement, and he will be the Mandela that you need. But what we are doing as South Africans, we are tearing each other apart with the negative, trying to find a hero. All right, Leto, thank you so much for uh, that contribution. I've really enjoyed uh, what you've brought to the conversation. Reverend Jantile, I'm going to wrap it up with you briefly for me uh, as we conclude. Yeah, uh, Kathy, look, uh, character formation or moral formation, as, as, as the scholars will say, um, it, it takes time. And, and I think the suggestion by the Human Rights Commission is really trying to to do exactly what the, the Truth and Reconciliation tried to do, just to put a bandage on a rotten soul. Now, it it has to do with being aware and understanding yourself, but also understanding your relationship with other people and your relationship with your Maker, to whomever you worship, and 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 so on and so forth. And that calls for a conversion of the heart, conversion of the head conversion of the will and conversion of relationship that will lead to a conversion of hands and what we you know we would do as you know as, as people in assisting and helping each other on the hrc report really i i support it but i, I feel that um, i did not look into the police morale during that time uh, because police uh, their morale was very low I mean, from Margana, the Tatami cases and all. The police didn't want to touch anyone okay. because they were bashed. And the business people's role. Pe- business people were behind those uprisings. It was not Jacob Zuma. I think I agree with them. Mm. Okay. All right. Reverend Gentile, we're going to have to leave it there. Let me thank you uh, all for coming on to the show, having this uh, conversation, and everybody uh, that tuned in. I think ultimately, if we're speaking about Mandela, then what comes to mind is the fact that it is all in our hands, that we all have opportunity, you know, to 
contribute positively to this country and to help build this country in so many different ways. And if we all keep taking what is our individual contribution and and being committed to that, then ultimately I think, um, you know, we might be able to get somewhere because, you know, it, it does cause a lot of little um, you know, pebbles to ultimately end up with this massive ripple effect. So we shouldn't underestimate and undermine the power that each of us has uh, to, to bring that positive contribution. All right, that's where we'll leave it on that note. Thank you all for tuning in as always. It's a pleasure being in your company. We're back with you again tomorrow between 9 and midday. Up next is the book reading. It'll be followed by the update at noon.